You are listening to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your otherworldly hosts, Kitty Fields and Laura Rain. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to receive notifications of our future weekly episodes. Visit Alora's website at alorarain.com to grab your tarot reading, numerology, or soul origin profile. Don't forget to check out our sister podcast, Mamir's Well, where we explore taboo topics in the witchcraft community. And if you'd like to get your hands on supplemental Book of Shadows pages, as well as exclusive mini-sodes and merchandise, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash burninghallows. Also, before we really dive in, we want to stop and give a shout out to one of our newest patrons, Chantel, your magical creature. Thank you for your support. Now onto the show. It's neither here nor there. A conjunction of roads and paths that cross over one another. A liminal place that's synonymous with ancient witchcraft, sorcery, and necromancy. It's a place where the spirits of the underworld meet us willingly. A sacred space to certain deities a door to the spirit world. If you haven't already guessed, in this liminal episode, we are working our magic at the crossroads as requested by one of our amazing patrons. So grab your lantern and your boots and let's journey to the crossroads together. We're going to get dirty at the crossroads. Um, I don't have boots. I have bare feet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, watch Uh, out for the rocks. They hurt. mm, Yes. (laughs) But if you grew up on gravel roads and driveways, you're all good. You have tough feet. Oh, for sure. I have like very tough feet. Hot rocks in the summer. You walk across too, by the way. Oh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> you can tell we so, country. So have you personally worked magic at the crossroads? And if you did, what did that look like physically and spiritually? I am going to be a hundred percent honest with you guys, which I am normally, and tell you <laughs> <laughs> that I have only done one thing at a crossroads in my entire career of the craft. <laughs> In your entire witch life. Yeah, I just, so growing up in Maryland, I probably would have had more opportunity, but I wasn't really doing a lot of exploring outside, if that makes sense, like specific to my craft in a in an intentional way. Mm. But, and then, so now that I've moved to Florida and I've been down here for many, many years, I've been in the suburbs close to a city and it's not like there's a lot of opportunity to do a lot of elaborate workings. And so it just hasn't really come up as a major part of my practice. Yeah. And I am the same as you. I think I've only done like one thing right across. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also crossroads magic is not as, um, simple as it sounds. Exactly. (laughs) It's actually quite complicated. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of factors to it, which I think we're going to get into. 
Yes. But I will just tell you the one thing that I've done was gathered some crossroads dirt. (laughs) So. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I guess we could say going through this episode, the info here is largely, I would call it shared personal gnosis and some Uh, from mythology. Yes. Because I haven't really developed an unverified personal gnosis on this as of yet. What is a crossroads exactly? Well, so it's a liminal space. Yep. I think we kind of talked about that in our intro. Yes, for sure. So physically, it's a either a three-way or a four-way intersection of roads or paths. Mm-hmm. Now, four-way crossroads can actually represent the number five. Have you heard this? Is you know that I don't know, but is it like because if you're in the middle, that's the fifth place, or I don't know. Exactly. So oh, okay. it's this. It's the same concept as um, like the pentagram. Ah, mm-hmm. right. So you've got your four directional elements, and then in the center is spirit. Yeah, which makes even more sense when we start talking about what happens at the crossroads or what can happen at the crossroads. Yeah, that makes sense. By the way, like every time we say four-way and three-way, I'm going to, to me, it just (laughs) sounds dirty. So, (laughs) so you have that. (laughs) So a (laughs) three-way crossroads (laughs) is basically the shape of a Y. So you've got one road that's leading into two. Correct. Like a fork in the road, sort of, right? That's another way to describe it. People call it that. Mm, hmm All right. So spiritually speaking, when we talk about crossroads in the spiritual community, it is often symbolic of like coming to a crossroads in our lives where paths might merge or meet or cross. For example, life, death, rebirth, and Apparently, it's even more liminal when you're working under a dark or new moon. Yes. Because that, like, the uh, dark moon in particular, well, dark moon, new moon, whatever you want. I mean, it's pretty much the same day. Yeah. But uh, it's the the in-between of the moon stages, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Makes sense to me. You get that extra spookiness (laughs) yeah the cat is now in here and okay yep just leave my computer (laughs) alone so we know that the crossroads have been a part of the craft for thousands of years yes thousands going all the way back to greco-roman and beyond yes and all over the world not just one particular tradition or culture right exactly do which you, brings go ahead. To, oh, I was just gonna say, which brings us to spirits of the crossroads. Mm-hmm. And I think you can get a better idea of how widespread crossroads magic is on a global scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got Hecate and or Hecate or Hecate, however you pronounce her name. Um, but what's interesting is she 
in, in ancient lore and mythology. She rarely appeared at the crossroads alone. She was usually accompanied by Hermes, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, I didn't know uh, that. But it make well, but it makes sense to me, I guess, in, in my mind, because while she's the keeper of the underworld, essentially, mm-hmm. Hermes is the messenger. Mm, true. That's a good point. So it makes sense that they kind of would have worked together. Uh, okay. Then you Papa Legba. Mm-hmm. A little bit of that voodoo in there. Yep. The devil, demons. Of course. Uh, I don't know how to say this properly, so please don't crucify me. <laughs> uh, Mokash and Vele. Mm-hmm. They're Slavic deities. Mm-hmm. Mokash is fate, and she's a goddess, and then Vele is a god of creation and destruction. You've got Baba Iga. Uh, you've got Eshu which is Umbanda and Elegua, which is Yoruban. Shinto, there is Tsurudihiko. Then you've got Himata no Kami, which is Japanese. Breed, Celtic, Odin, of course, the Fates, Janus, which is Roman, Trivia, uh, Trickster Deities, and a Welsh banshee called... Good luck with uh, that one. <laughs> yeah. Called the... The Hayrath, maybe? I don't know. Cyrus, Cyrath. The Welsh language is very difficult. Yeah. And when brownies are seen at the crossroads, they're called bogles. Mm-hmm. And when seen, there is almost always an ill omen. Yeah. Wild, right? Yeah. So, I, like, as you can see, all over the world, there's belief in crossroads magic. And I don't know about everyone else but for me i'm not getting like a real sunny vibe like with this crossroads (laughs) episode um, wait till we get to the pop culture because some of it is really like Mm -hmm. it's just in time for halloween and sawen ah yes Another big thing about the crossroads when it comes to the craft is that there's a long history and lore when it comes to people being buried at the crossroads. Mm. So burials at the crossroads were actually considered a profane type of burial, which essentially means that people back in the day would bury the undesirables there, the people that they found you know, to be criminals or on the outskirts of society would be often buried at the crossroads. This was a traditional thing in England, especially, Mm. but throughout Europe, like different places. So another way of what would be a profane burial, just to give you an example, instead of someone being buried east to west, like which was the Christian way, they would be buried north to south or even uh, buried like face down, which interestingly, this is just a side note, I had found record of some of my ancestors being buried face down. So I wondered what they did or who they might've been. But um, anyway, anyone who was considered a criminal could be buried at the crossroads, which also of course hey. included witches. Um, 
this whole north, south, east, west thing. Yeah. Are we for real with this shit? Yeah. I feel like this is ridiculous. Well, because, all right, so in yeah, I certain know. Sunrise traditions, the east to west, right, sunrise, sunset, it had to do with Jesus coming back and the dead raising in the end of times. And we could keep going down that rabbit, rabbit hole, but that's basically where that idea comes from. So if you were buried north to south, then, you know, in their minds, they're thinking, you know, these people don't have the right, I guess. But what's the, I don't, like, what is the punt? Like, what is the repercussions of that? What do you mean the repercussions? They don't go to heaven because they can't yeah. like the sun. Well, cur- cur- yeah, there, I mean, I'm sure that's all a part of it, but it's also, you know, how we've talked about how burial is such a sacred thing. And, you know, if you weren't honored in your burial rites that you could return as a vampire. <laughs> we talked about that in our vampire episode. Yes, so there's a I, lot of like fear same. around that too. Yeah. I think of it. I said the same thing then too. Like some of this is just uh, absurd. Yeah. Oh, listen, I'm not saying it makes sense. <laughs> it continue. Okay. So essentially anyone who was buried at the crossroads, the belief behind that was that if the ghost rose from its grave, which was expected of people of, you know, nefarious lives, I guess, witches and criminals. If they were to rise from their grave at the crossroads, they would be confused by the four pathways and basically be stuck there in the middle eternally. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So in addition, they were often covered with stones or some other material to prevent them from returning. So we have, you know, tales of witches and criminals and vampires all at the crossroads as well. Mm, we do. Yeah, there's a there's a crossroads in Gloucestershire, England, that's called the Bethy Grave Crossroads, where an accused witch named Elizabeth Bastra was buried in 1786. So that wasn't really that long ago. I should ask my bonus son's history teacher about that he was the mayor of gloucestershire oh interesting yeah that would be a good one Uh, and he's and he he was head of um the high school history department here wow that's cool buddy we were mayor over there do you hear about this yeah i would love to hear his perspective or what he's heard about it i'm gonna uh, yeah i'm gonna get my i'm gonna get my bonus son to ask him about it See what you he has should. Got. Okay. That's also, um, I don't know if you know this, but Gloucestershire, England, that's also where they do the cheese wheel thing. Oh, yeah. I've read about that. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Is that where they like roll cheese wheel down the hill and it's like a sport? Yes. Okay. A giant. That's what I thought. And they chase it. <laughs> no, that's it. That's pretty much my whole spiel. And now we get into crossroads in pop culture this is like mm-hmm. probably my favorite part of this episode yeah go for it so blues music there was a blues guitarist by the name of robert johnson and his legend is creepy okay mm-hmm. 
I've heard it. Mm -hmm. He was one of the greatest blues guitarists that ever lived. Right. But he couldn't really play the guitar as a, you know, growing up, Mm -hmm. he was okay. He could play rudimentary stuff, but you know, nothing like, Oh my God, this guy is, you know, a legend on the guitar. Right. So Mm -hmm. he disappears for a year and a half. And when he comes back, he can play like nobody else. He is unmatched in his ability to play blues on the guitar. So the legend goes that he went to a crossroads and traded his soul to the devil for musical talent. Mm-hmm. There's actually a documentary on Netflix about this, uh, and it's called The Devil at the Crossroads, I believe. Oh, nice. It's called Remastered, The Devil at the Crossroads. Um, and it's all about the legend of Robert Johnson. So he, uh, Robert Johnson lived from 1911 to 1938. He died at 27. Oh, so wow. So he's a member of the 27 Club. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm. And the interesting part of his death is that no cause was ever listed on his death certificate and no autopsy was ever performed. Oh. So historians who have looked into his life don't know exactly why he died, but there has been speculation that he had genetic syphilis. But then again, that kind of doesn't hold weight because there are certain things that weren't present. Right. And majority of babies that are born with genetic syphilis are stillborn or don't make it very long. Yeah, there's a lot of things, symptoms. Yeah, that would be yeah. obvious. Um, the other genetic disorder that's been posited f- uh, for Robert Johnson is called Marfan syndrome. And this is a genetic disorder that's actually related to the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to do with aortic uh, dissection. Um, and it is the symptoms are abnormally long fingers and limbs, Uh has to do with shape of the eyes and things like that, which he had all of those uh, particular symptoms. But again, they aren't sure. But there's also legends that he was poisoned by somebody's jealous husband. Hmm. Um, That he basically he was playing guitar at a country dance and was flirting with a married woman. And the married woman gave him a bottle of liquor that was poisoned with strychnine. Oh, boy. But there again, strychnine has an odor and a taste that cannot be disguised. So that's, you know, people say that that can't really be true. Right. But if you believe that he sold his soul for his musical talent, maybe he just died because it was time to pay up. Mm hmm. Yeah. And if you ever read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, there's a big flavor of this throughout that book. Mm. Now, one of my all time favorite movies, especially I watched this movie on repeat in my early 20s. And it was actually... I don't know if this was one of Ralph Macchio's first movies, even before Karate Kid. I think it is, Um, but it's called Crossroads. 
and it was made in 1986 and it stars Ralph Macchio, i.e. the Karate Kid. Mm. But it's about blues music and magical realism involving crossroads magic and bargaining with a bit of Hollywood fanaticism. So essentially Ralph Macchio is a blues player who idolizes another blues musician and finds out that his musical talent isn't necessarily, you know, uh, natural. And just for the record, people, if you go to Google Crossroads movie, you'll want to put in 1986 or Ralph Macchio. Otherwise, it will bring up the 1997 classic with Britney Spears. (laughs) No. Except I don't know if it was 1997. I made that part up, but it definitely brings up. I literally Googled it. I was like Crossroads movie. And it was like Britney Spears and her best friends embark on a journey. I was like, oh, this can't be it. (laughs) This is about blues music. Blues. And then, of course, there are depictions of Crossroads magic in as far as TV shows. The first one that popped into my brain was Supernatural. There's probably one in Charmed, too, somewhere down the line. I'm sure. Yeah. Very cool. And okay. okay, so now magic at the Crossroads. Take it away. Okay, so as far as when you're approaching this practice at the crossroads. I think the first thing we should talk about is the ethics behind this. When I say ethics, I mean, all right, there could be some times when you go to do something at the crossroads and is that you're actually on someone else's property. Mm. And some people don't like that depending on where you live and you know, what part of the world, a part of the country, et cetera. And the legality behind that as well. So, you know, depending on what you're doing, like, I guess if you're gathering a little bit of dirt, you know, you got your little dustpan out there and you're like, no big deal. Right. Right. But if it's something elaborate, like if you're setting up a whole feast for Hakate or something, like you might want to think about that beforehand. Yes. And if it's in a public place, just be ready for, you know, police to stop and ask you what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that there are certain parks and places in the U.S. at least that you can go and, you know, do your thing like freely as long as everything you're doing is legal. And I'm sure that there's some like paths and crossroads that there you could probably, you know, perform some divination or whatever you want to do. But, you know, just be aware of where you're going and whose property it might be, who you might offend. You just don't want to put yourself in a situation that is dangerous Mm. with the living, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yes. And then as far as your justification and your workings, do you want to talk on that a little bit? So some of the workings that are done at the crossroads... Um, particularly hexes Ooh. that are worked at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very powerful magic and it's a big deal. Right. To be working them. So having justification in your own mind is very important. It cannot be just about revenge or 
being a scorned lover or things like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that so, applies across the board. Yeah, it it does. It does. But we'll get to this in a minute when we get down to the types of magic that are worked at the crossroads, because you'll it'll all make sense in a minute. OK. All right. Agreed. The next thing we should talk about is finding a crossroads that works for you. Like what I was just saying, as far as you're, if you're living in the city or in the suburbs, there's not a lot of empty private space mm. <laughs> that you can go and, and do anything elaborate. So you have to keep in mind, I mean, you can plan it out in advance, I think is the best thing we can say, right? If you're in the and city, I- there might be a park that you can go to. There might be like an inner city graveyard, even where there's paths that cross there's nature preserves. Sometimes there's walking trails, things like that you can consider. Well, okay. But here's another, uh, caveat mm-hmm. crossroads magic. So the, how, how do I put this? You want to actually, <laughs> You want to actually travel back in time and go get a Rand McNally. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, <laughs> it's a map. It's an actual map, a paper map. No. Oh. When you when you open up a map like of your local area or your state or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're looking for a crossroads, the longer that crossroads is, the better your magical working will do. Okay. Does that, that make sense? sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the longer that that intersects and keeps going, the longer your spell work will keep working. Yeah. Makes total sense. So if you're just going for like a crossroads, that's in a country town that doesn't go outside of that country town. You're your spell work will still work, but probably not as long as it would if you're going to a crossroads that stretches beyond the state that you're in. Yeah. Physically and energetically, that makes perfect sense. Okay. That's all I wanted to add. Okay. And then as far as obviously if you live in the country or you live on a farm, you're going to have probably better access to crossroads, maybe in the woods, maybe the country roads. Good for you. Okay. But we're not all that privileged. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We talked about the map. All right. So do you want to go into the types of workings? Uh, Sure. So the first thing that I have on the list here is road openers and closers. So as far as justification goes, when you are deciding to close somebody's roads, that's a big deal. Because essentially you're making it so that they become stagnant in life. Like Mm. they're not getting any new jobs. They're not engaging in any new relationships. They're not. Yeah. So that you're closing all of their roads. Mm -hmm. You are making things very, very difficult for them. uh, And essentially making it so they are stagnant and stuck in their own head. So that's why I was saying you need to really think about the justification behind working a road closing. If that's what you 
intend to do and want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can't just be because, you know, you're a scorned lover or something like that. Right. It needs to be, I mean, in my mind and in my opinion, it would have to be a situation where this person was physically dangerous, mentally dangerous, emotionally dangerous, um, or an extreme danger to themselves or something of that nature. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. You want to go into the next one? Sure. We have bargaining, bartering, and trading with spirits at the crossroads. Most especially you hear about bartering with demons and the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't see it, but I held up air quotes. Um, right. Uh, yeah. So the I'm not going to be Rob- doing that anytime soon, but y'all let me know how it goes. Okay. Um, I want to see legend- videos of people playing guitar. Like yeah, Robert, Johnson. Say, Robert Johnson. Robert <laughs> Johnson is probably in this area. Um, yeah. hundred percent. So also ancestral offerings and communication. Mm, yes. You could go there. Definitely. Oh, petitioning deities. Obviously we mentioned a bunch at the very beginning that you could be petitioning at the crossroads. Hecate is one that comes to mind off the bat, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Also, go ahead. You take this one. I was going to say mastering skills or gaining talent. Mm -hmm. This this is also Robert Johnson, but this is is another interesting variation of the bargaining and bartering thing, uh, because this actually involves bargaining, but you actually have to bring with you whatever it is you want to master to the crossroads for nine nights minimum along with candle. Mm-hmm. So oh, and and I, would I, don't just, know. I would just say like, be careful if people are planning on doing this because you have to give something in return. Right. So just it's be aware of that. Bargain. You have to, you have to engage in a trade mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know if I said this before, but with the legend of Robert Johnson, mm-hmm. it, it was said that he took his guitar with him to the crossroads. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a, a mashup of both of those things. Mm-hmm. And then we've got clarity on which way to go. And I think that kind of coincides too with like petitioning deities and the dead. Oh, yeah. So when you're really stuck and you don't know what the right decision is, you can absolutely petition a a deity and um, ask for clarity. Yeah, I feel like that's a clever thing to do at the crossroads. Also wanted to add traditional Roman magic at the crossroads included purification and protection rituals. I found that out. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's such a deviation from I almost know. all their cultures. I know. Maybe this is prior to going down all those other paths. You know what I mean? <laughs> like way back in the day. And I know like in particularly African diasporic 
the paths of witchcraft. We're talking, you know, uh, Umbanda, Kandamble, uh, Yoruban, uh, all of those wonderful paths. They're very spiritous at the crossroads. So they absolutely go there to talk to spirits mm-hmm. and to perform. I don't want to say necromancy, but sort right. of communication. Yeah, definitely mediumship. And and I don't know because I'm, I'm not in those those paths, but I would wonder if they which I'll have to ask because uh, one of my besties is Brazilian, but they may even engage in possession at the crossroads, but I'm not sure. Yep. Y'all let me know how that goes. So I'm not gonna be doing that either. just keeping it real all right so when we're talking about collecting and leaving things at the crossroads which i feel like is pretty common practice when we're talking about crossroads magic a lot of people have heard of crossroads dirt a lot of people have probably collected it themselves have you Mm -hmm. you've done that you said that right yes okay so have i and again that's kind of like a more discreet practice i mean people look at you and go why is she sweeping the street, but <laughs> I mean, you can literally just have a little like dustpan and a hand broom and, and you're good. I have reached the point in my witch life that I'd give no, please. I don't care. Like if somebody sees me doing odd things, good for them. <laughs> Yeah. And that's an awesome thing to be able to, to feel that way. I think though, that maybe there's people that might be questioned, like depending on where you're at in the world, you know? Yeah. Like I wouldn't do it in front of like a primary school (laughs) (laughs) while while the school was in session or anything. (laughs) Yeah. I hear you. I'd wait till they closed. (laughs) Yeah. There's special times and, you know, timing and place, right? So, and I know a lot of people that do crossroads magic wait until late at night. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's Keeps less people the out. Ambiance. It's dark. Makes sense to me. Okay. What about leaving spells at the crossroads and burying the remnant? Um, what about it? Cause I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> okay. much about that part. So traditionally, you're only supposed to bury crossroads spell remnants if it's an aggressive working. Okay. So if you're you're hexing, mm-hmm. you're supposed to bury the remnants. And if that's the case, they get buried in a cemetery when you're done. Oh, interesting. Everything else just gets left there. Mm-hmm. You don't really do anything with that because I think because of the liminal space of the crossroads, mm-hmm. that's why there's no burial of spell items. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause then it would be stuck in the liminal, right? Right. Yeah. What is this ritual you have here? Because I don't even know how to say that word. Okay, so Hecate's Depnon, which is a Greek traditional ritual where 
her devotees will basically create a feast with all of her traditional foods and herbs that she likes and then include her in the feast and or leave her the offerings at a crossroads or Mm. on a windowsill or threshold of their home. So this particular ritual is not something that has to be done at the crossroads, but probably would be more powerful at a crossroads. Correct. Yeah. And a lot of people do it on, there's a special night. I think it's November 16th. It's called Hecate's night. A lot of people will do this more elaborate like feast in her name that night, which I guess would be more suited for the crossroads. Yeah. And I know lots of deities have, like their particular night. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I don't think that that's odd or different, no. but I don't think they all have mega feasts. <laughs> I mean, you can make it up for whoever you want, but yeah, we don't know. We know more about Hecate in that way than a lot of other deities for sure. Yes, exactly. You can also leave offerings for the spirits uh, at the crossroads. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to ask for your roads to be opened, it's said to come with 21 pennies and burn three red candles to open your roads. And you leave that all there. Mm, very cool. And then, of course, you can always, if you have the time and the place, you can perform some divination. We've talked about the mediumship, obviously, at length that's involved at the crossroads. You can also pull out your tarot cards, your oracle cards, maybe throw some bones, do some scrying, whatever's your flavor. Yes, for sure. Because it is a liminal space. So your your readings will probably be on high High, high alert. You'll probably get charts clarity. Very cool. So y'all let me know how that goes. What about leaving the crossroads? Okay. So as far as I know, if you've engaged in the feast that we were just talking about for Hikate, the Depnon or Depnon, um, or performed ritual on one of her sacred nights, you might be inclined to leave those offerings for her and for her hounds at the crossroads, it's recommended once you leave it there that you leave and you don't turn back around Mm. to look at it. We've crossed the crossroads. Well, if you enjoyed (laughs) the show, be sure to show us some love by leaving a review and liking this episode. Check out the Otherworldly Oracle website at otherworldlyoracle.com for more information on liminal spaces. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, Stay otherworldly.